broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Hey, it's great to have you come into the program. And um, joining us now is Kurt Schaefer, who that name is very familiar to people who watched politics in Missouri for quite a while, but then out of politics for a while, and now back in filing for CD3 yesterday. Yeah, so Kurt, uh, I think we were just talking off air that you were last in public office in January of 2017, so a bit of a break. So for those folks who are maybe newer to the area and not as familiar, talk about your history in public service. I will do that, but first of all, good morning, Randy. Good Good morning. morning. Thanks for being with us. We're excited you're here. We're excited you're here. Yep, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Yeah, so you know, I got elected to the Missouri Senate in 2008. Uh, I was the second Republican ever. I won that race. I was the second Republican ever to serve uh, in that Senate seat. And then when I got reelected in 2012, I was the first Republican ever to hold uh, the Senate seat here in the Senate 19th Senate district uh, for two terms. Now, Caleb Rowden has done that uh, after me. So, you know, maybe not quite as exciting, but I was the first. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to say that. But, you know, I enjoyed that time during that time for, you know, you, uh, you get eight years in the Senate because you get, you know, two four year terms under term limits. Um, but six of those years, which is a record number. Also, I was the uh, chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee, uh, delivered a balanced budget for six straight years, cut over a billion dollars out of that budget over that time frame on uh, Medicaid spending and abuse and other things. I mean, the biggest reason, obviously, being we didn't have the money. And unlike the federal government in the state of Missouri, when we don't have the money, we don't spend it. Sponsored legislation, actually, for a balanced budget amendment uh, for the federal government, uh, you know, pushed that uh, several times. Unfortunately, uh, could not get enough of my colleagues to go along with that. Also would have uh, put in place term limits uh, on Congress people, which I think should be in place. Um, But, you know, I I, I do I I do miss, uh, you know, being in a position to get conservative values carried out in Missouri. And I'll tell you the other thing, too, and we're going to get into this. But what's happening in this country right now is unbelievable. And everyone in this room, and I think everyone listening, if you went back 15 years and you showed people an image of what America is today with virtually no borders and virtually no law enforcement. And I'm not when I say no law enforcement, I mean, we've got great law enforcement here in Boone County. But there are places in this country where there is no law enforcement. Did you say no secure borders? I, where have you been, Kurt? Alejandro <laughs> Mayorkas says we have secure borders. Think about this. Eight million illegals in the last three years. That's more. That's more than the population of 36 states, including Missouri. Well, I can go on forever on this, but you know. But let's go talk ahead. about let's talk about you. I mean, anytime a race opens up, your name has always been on the short list um, since you since you've been out of public service. So if, when these appointments, statewide appointments, were coming up, you, you know, your name was regularly mentioned. Um, and I think you know, especially mid Missouri, you were always kind of considered, hey, he'd be a front runner if he decides to get in. You know, you're finally getting in. So what is it about Congressional District 3 uh, that you said, yep, this is my race, I'm in? Well, first of all, I'm honored that when other positions have come up that, you know, people have asked me would I be interested to step in. And I think there's, there's, there's one really big reason for that. And I think that's what my legislative record shows is I get things done. And so yesterday I got asked the uh, same question by your frequent guest, Scott Fawn. And he said, why are you running? And I said, well, in the words of Toby Keith, a little less talk and a lot more action. And I think the one thing that I am known for is getting things done. And so I think when some of those spots open up and people say, you know what, we don't need any more people in public office who simply want to be political influencers online. We need people who actually want to go do the job. 
I think my name comes to the top. Senator, we appreciate you joining us. It's always good to it's see you. It's always good to see you, too. As always, you chaired appropriations, obviously, in the Missouri Senate in a very uh, a lot, of, lot of budget debates over the years. And during that time, um, you also worked with Chris Kelly, a mm. prominent Democrat, Stephen Weber, prominent Democrat, and Kip Kendrick very briefly as well. I mentioned those in that you worked with some Democrats as well. What are some issues, if you are elected to this post, you think you could work with, let's say, an Emanuel Cleaver or somebody like that on something that would help Missouri much like you did with Boone County in your role as appropriations chair, because in many of those issues, they were bipartisan. Well, I will, I'll flip that on you a little bit, because I think that when I was chair of the committee, I controlled uh, a lot of things <laughs> in that committee. And I think, obviously, this is Boone County, and we've got a lot of Democrats elected from Boone County who, you know, rightfully so, wanted to get some things done. And I think I think they wanted to work with me to actually get some things done. So you, could, you can kind of look at that from two different perspectives. But, you know, my legislative record, we did cut a, over a billion dollars out of that budget while I was chair. Uh, and, you know, we, we did a lot of things. We defunded Planned Parenthood, and I did that in a way that the court could not throw it out. Unfortunately, they haven't done it that way since, and it's been a problem in the courts. Uh, and we can go on about that. But I would say that, you know, you got some, some Democrats in, uh, in, in all over the state who, if they want to get things done, they got to work with Republicans. So I, I'd put that out there, but. That answer your question, Tran- <laughs> is, is tra- but transportation would be would be one that. Well, here's the here's the other thing too, and, and and it goes back to the appropriations issue. You know, we never spent more money than we had, and we were judicious in how we spent that money. We don't see that in the federal government. It's killing our kids, and they're going to be carrying this debt. I mean, we've got a level of debt now that I know that when we had debates on the budget, you know, back when I was appropriate chair, where we talked about basically the ratio of public debt to uh, gross domestic product. We said, well, boy, if we ever get above gross domestic product on debt, we're, we're never going to come back. Well, we're, we've blown past that in the recent years with Joe Biden. So that's an issue. Uh, and again, the border, obviously, is a huge issue in this election. The fentanyl's killing our kids. And now, I mean, there's another story today where you've got another illegal who came into the country, no vetting, actually got arrested. Again, this is a similar story. It's a broken record. Who got arrested for other crimes, not detained, not held ultimately ends up killing uh, a, a child in this country. And between the fentanyl and, frankly, the straight-out murder as a former prosecutor, I'm not putting up with that anymore. Former State Senator Kurt Schaefer, newly announced for his candidacy for CD3, filing yesterday, joins us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Senator, some of us can go back to the days of you at the Blue Note playing bass for third <laughs> up. Right. We, won't, we won't get into that. You were talking about <laughs> your time. We can get all you want. I, I, I loved playing in a band when I was in college. <laughs> Talk about your time on, on approach at the at the Capitol. That, that got a little volatile. I guess the question that I'm leading up to is the guy you bumped heads with was working at the, the law department at the University of Missouri, who's now our junior senator. Josh Hawley, if you get elected to Congress, could you work with Josh? Yeah, I mean, I you know, Josh and I speak every now and then. Um, you know, so I yeah, I don't see anything there. And then Eric Schmidt, obviously our other senator, is my former law partner, uh, and we served all eight years together uh, in the Senate. And I just talked to Eric just Saturday. You know, I, I mean, you raised the university, and obviously, you know, in the Senate seat, the, you know, the university's largest employer uh, in the district, and extremely important to hardworking people here in Mid Missouri. But it's also important, you know, to the entire state of Missouri, not just the third congressional district. I, I do think I'll just tell you, I think Moon Choi at the university right now is doing a fantastic job, and I think the university is in a position and it's you know it, it's interesting you raise that because i look back at that kind of 2014 2015 time frame the university was not in a good place 
but I will tell you the university now is in a substantially better place. Uh, and, and it shows. I think it shows in the successes they've had. They've got big issues coming up with the research reactor, which provides, you know, radioactive medicine, uh, for, for not only mid-Missouri, but for the entire country. Uh, and I, they have plans on that. And, and frankly, I, I hope I can help them with that. Now, you're entering a crowded field. Uh, you've got some other folks already in the CD race. You've got, you know, you talked about your record. You know, people like Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman mm-hmm. has a pretty strong record. She can run on Senator Onder. Former Senator Onder can, has a lot of money. Uh, and so it's <laughs> going to take a lot of money that's, uh, that's to, true, to run this race. Um, and so, so you know, how do you see a path forward with such a crowded field? We've heard that there might be other people in the race. Um there's still time to file, obviously. So sure, you know. I mean, first of all, I mean, I've I've known you know Bob for over 15 years, good friends with you know with Mary Elizabeth, and I I think the distinction is, and what you're going to find is, you know, first of all, my my record actually of conservative accomplishments on the budget, on uh, pro life issues, on Second Amendment issues. Keep in mind, in in 2014, we had Amendment Five on the ballot which actually, it added language to Article 1, Section 23 of the Missouri Constitution, which is your right to keep and bear arms under the Missouri Constitution. I wrote that language. I got it passed out of the legislature. I got it on the ballot, passed by almost 70%. Missouri right now, because of that, has some of the strongest language in the country on your right to keep and bear arms. So I'll put that record up against anybody. I think the distinction that you're going to find there is who can actually get things done And not just say they can get things done, but has a record, a solid record of getting things done, as opposed to complaining. Because the other reason I'm in this race, just like I said, you know, a little more talk and a lot more action. I'm tired of everyone talking, 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 and not getting things done. Let's drill down on that a little bit, because recent GOP, well, recent national, uh, and dare I say even state politics, has illustrated that the social issues don't seem to be winners for GOPers when it comes to general elections. They're winners in the primary. I'm talking about abortion. I'm talking about uh, social issues, uh, particularly abortion. And um, it, it, nationally, this time, and I think it'll filter down to a general in Missouri, will be, uh, you know, it, you talk about getting things done. It's going to be border security, right, and economy on the conservative side of the ledger versus the abortion issue on the on the Democrat side. GOP hasn't done well on the social issues. How are you going to balance social versus economic and border security issues in your campaigning and in your public policy positions? I think if you talk to people, not just in the 3rd Congressional District, but all over the state of Missouri, their main issue, and I think this is an issue for the country, their main issue is border security and crime. And crime is out of control, and it's directly related to the border security. But that is going to be the issue. And it's got to be fixed. You know, obviously, I've got a very strong record on on all of those issues. But the thing is, until we close that border, we get that under control. And the thing that kills me, too, is the left and the media right now are saying, oh, well, well, Joe Biden's looking at doing something about the border. It's in his hands right now. No other single individual in the country has the ability to fix that problem today like Joe Biden does. And he will not do it. And people say, I get this question. People say, well, okay, so you've got the terrible situation in Georgia. Where you've, you, again, you've got an undocumented alien who came into the country. Nobody knew who he was. They just let him in like they've been letting in eight million other people in the last three years. They let him in. He gets arrested. He gets let go. He gets arrested. He gets let go. And ultimately, he murders a college student at the University of Georgia. And people say, well, this is going to get put squarely on Democrats. How can they bear that? 
And the reason is there is there is a purpose to what Democrats are doing in keeping that border open. Oh, yeah. And and they will take those hits like having those terrible stories that come out, which none of us should ever accept, because there's a bigger picture issue here. And that is getting eight million people. And I'm sure they want more into the country so that they can go to districts. Because remember, when they do the census, they don't count citizens. They count people. And you get more. You got Democrat blue state areas that are losing population and you get more and more of them in those states it gives them better representation in congress which is what they're trying to get and it gives them better position in the presidential race what's your uh, what's your thoughts about subsidies and uh, support public taxpayer support for what could become a fourth uh, entitlement program namely daycare on daycare mm-hmm. look i think the hard-working people do need access but i think you've got to balance that but that's no different than all those other issues that we dealt with when i was chairman of appropriations where you say okay what is welfare and what is making sure we have a strong economy? And I think you got to have those debates, and I think that'll be part of it. All right. Kurt Schaefer just filed for CD3. It's going to be an interesting race on the heels of Blaine Lutkemeyer's, I think, surprise retirement announcement. And, yeah, uh, those are big shoes to yeah, fill. Blaine has done a great job. Where do people learn about your campaign? SchaeferforCongress.com. All right. Thanks for being with us. We'll that, be talking again, I'm sure. Oh, we will. Thank all you. All right. You going to be at Boone County, uh, Lincoln? I will tomorrow? be there. Absolutely. I'll see you tomorrow. See you there. Okay. All right. I'll be emceeing that, uh, and uh, our own Stephanie Bell will be talking about the Decline to Sign initiative. Mm-hmm. I caught someone lying about what's on that petition. And they're not the only one. Imagine that. Trying to get my signature. It infuriated me. When we come back from Morning Bell, stay there. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. News, analysis, and opinion. Free of charge from Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Stephanie, that's the morning bell. How are the markets looking? Well, yesterday, the S&P closed up 0.17%, NASDAQ up 0.37%, but the Dow down a quarter of a percent. This morning, and looking at the futures, ooh, yikes, um, everything's in the red, um, and pretty significantly, NASDAQ looking at uh, half a percent in the red um, as the markets are set to open this morning. Uh, I think yesterday, let me just double check, I think utilities and communication services were up yesterday, energy uh, down yesterday during yeah. the markets. So what's driving is, is and I guess there's some inflation news coming out later this week, so maybe there's just that uncertainty. That seems to drive things down, more structure, more solid ground, things go up, right? Right, yeah. and there's a lot of uncertainty, <laughs> a lot of uncertainty. going on well, right Plus, now. we have the another financial cliff ahead, at least for many sectors in terms of federal funding. Right? Yeah, I would say, I think as we approach the government shutdown every time, everyone you, gets you kind of see that in the markets. <laughs> um, Hannah shared the story with me this morning, and I thought, they're still around? They've been closed here in Columbia for a very long time, but Macy's announced yesterday, or perhaps this morning, uh, that they are set to close, that they announced Tuesday, excuse me, uh, 150 underperforming Macy's stores. Now, the Columbia Macy's has been, somebody's going to let me know what date that was, but they've been closed for years and years, and that property sat vacant. Um, but they're saying, you know, we've got a downsize here, and so they're getting rid of a lot of square footage. Um, they're considering, uh, or they're, they put up for sale their flagship store in San Francisco. Whoa. So you think, you know, is it the crime? Is it that? What is it about, you know, these retail stores? You know, is everyone shopping online? It's Amazon. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's hard to say, but, you know, you think about, like, when's the last time you were in a traditional shopping mall? 
But you know, my the other day, my wife and I were talking. I was like, "But isn't it fun to be able to go over to Dillard's and just walk in and actually see racks of clothes and see and shop? I love to watch her put on clothes. I can't do that when she gets it from Amazon." You know, when I go to big cities, I go to the mall. Right. I really do. I still yeah. do. And so I think in some places, you know, it makes sense. But certainly, you know, they have. I think at one point they were up to eight hundred stores. Yeah. Um. So now they're down to three hundred and fifty locations. I just. But hope- it is sometimes nice to touch the clothes to try them on to see the quality in person but you know they've also you know they've most of these stores have developed such good return policies that you can just order it try it on in the comfort of your own home and send it back not the same Uh, but you know hannah when was the last time you were at a macy's (laughs) or in a mall uh in a mall last week Okay. In really? a Macy's, it's been a while. Well, and I will say it's difficult for like, if you need something really quickly, right? Like today, yeah. like I need something. It's becoming harder well, and harder to find well, that immediately. John, don't you enjoy once in a while, if you're in the, in the, the Dillard's or in a, you know, another store with clothes, don't you like looking at an array of ties, a lay of, a array of shirts, a array of suits? And I like doing that. And you can pick through things. Boy, I think I'm kind of guilty as charged with the Amazon thing when oh, it comes to ties man. and all. Well, you want to Talk about the virtual marketplace. Look at the numbers Bitcoin's putting up right now. That's like sixty thousand right now. That is for real. Well, and they are—they have Macy's has made cuts to their corporate staff. I think they did like a ten or twelve percent cut in January. Um, so they're, but they're still making a lot of money. They were in the billions of dollars last year, um, and so they're hoping these cuts will save their company. Yeah. Uh, they posted twenty-three billion dollars in sales last yeah. year. I think of you know I don't know I just think of going to places like Bingham's uh, down, downtown. I mean, what yeah. a beautiful clothery. There's a lot of good places like that. So let's keep let's keep supporting our local folks. Come on, guys. Yes. All right. Hey, what's up when we come back? I think what we better do is talk about telephonophobia. Let's talk about that when we come back <laughs> on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Text the crew at 874-9390. Warning, everyone on the show can read your texts. back it's uh it's that segment of the show where we once in a while we need to just raise these issues that make you scratch your head but then it it sort of comes home and then i read the text and rethought maybe we shouldn't talk about telephonophobia because one of our listeners texted me and say randy you're showing your age well here we go telephone i said what age he laughed (laughs) telephonophobia apparently is uh, really sweeping the millennial and gen z generation so we have both millennials and gen z right you're you're millennial right yes and we have hannah who's gen z and i notice my john have you noticed the way to the ladies brains is through the thumbs or through the in my case index fingers it's through the texting because they prefer you guys prefer (laughs) the texting don't you yes yes okay and I find it very difficult to communicate effectively yeah. that way. I, I have yeah. a big N.O. on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ryan with a hot take. <laughs> the worst Uh-oh. cities for telephonophobia are revealed. And uh, the Daily Mail wrote this. And the metro areas tend to be, th- these areas tend to be Seattle's number one, Frisco's two, uh, number three is Boston. Um, the only Midwestern city where uh, folks avoid talking on the phone predominantly is uh, Chicago. But I don't know. I try to call people. I don't know. You, the, Stephanie doesn't answer my phone. The quickest Hannah doesn't way, answer my phone call. The I quickest feel so way lonely. to make me cranky yeah. is if I text you or email you and you immediately call me. 
<laughs> like if I wanted to talk to you on the phone, I, I would have called have you. I do you. that because usually <laughs> if I have something substantial, something provocative, something that takes a conversation, it needs a conversation, well, not a quick text thing. And, and, and I understand what Hannah's saying, but here's, here's the problem. <clears throat> the problem is that things can be taken out of context, and I'm not even talking about anything, you know, controversial just simple stuff can be taken out of context on a on a text if you don't understand or if it's not written correctly um i've seen that several times where i've had to verify a lawmaker will tell me something um and you know something basic but it's just hard to tell what it is and they have to follow up so i i do prefer the phone calls but i do i think there is a general I don't see as much conversation now. I, I don't think I don't think the young people are mo- maybe more comfortable talking. Um, you know, you know I, I just don't know. Many are socially awkward. You younger know, people, and I'm not talking about folks on this program, but th- the younger they are, the less comfortable they are with a conversation, especially Hannah, with adults. Hannah has admitted she doesn't like talking on the phone and like making phone calls. And actually, it's like kind of a trend on um, social media. And people will record, like the young people will record themselves. There was this one girl who was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to order room service (laughs) or whatever and she she literally called from her hotel room to order something on the phone like just like a cheeseburger and was like had so much anxiety about anxiety about it i've seen the same thing like i'm gonna call the doctor's office today i should get a gold star and like they're like i still have my mom make phone calls for me and that is just ridiculous ridiculous when i was in college i lived in an apartment with three other girls for two years and if we were going to order something for dinner, we would like fight over who had to call and place the order. But how does this? But then how does this bode well for people who then want to enter the job world and have a job interview? I know everything's online. Not, Frankly, not, that's why not, I'm, ev- not everything's online. But I, well, the initial process. Sure. But then you have your interview, and a lot of people are going to struggle with that, right? Or a public speaking. If you want to, if you're in some position where you have to then aspire to lead a, a pod, a department, a group, you, you're going to have to give presentations among four or five or more people. You have to maybe you'll have to go to the board and present. That I think it's really not serving young people well to not develop those conversational skills. Yeah, I agree with you, um, and I also I, I think there's a combination. Um, and I think it is important to stay as up to date on the technology as you can. We had that young boy um, in the studio, um, Ethan, just last week. He was four years old and he had all these health issues. And I started crying talking to him. But the one that he knew how to use an iPad better than I would. I mean, he, four years old. So That's young, not saying much. <laughs> no, I'm, kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding you, Brian. I'm kidding oh, good. you. You know how to use the iPad. I know that. But he, I think he probably knows better than I do. But I do, I do think communication in terms of being able to talk to people is is very important and um and in being able to have that and for younger people out there randy you'll remember this stephanie i i don't know when it's kind of stopped being a thing but it used to be it used to be <laughs> the guys out there will remember this when you had to ask the girl out on a date you had to pick up the phone and call <laughs> that's right to call and it was usually a landline yeah and, uh, and you and, got her dad on the other <laughs> hand. And that happened many times, exactly. But, but it's, a lot of that has changed, well, I realize. But that's literally what had to be done. Well, apparently, is that Nathan Wade still believes that you need to pick up the phone <laughs> yeah. to ask people out on a date. Down there in Fulton County. I think they said there were 2,000 phone calls. Wow. And, be, and, and more texts. 10,000 yeah. texts or something. I don't get it. I don't think Man. I've made 2,000 phone calls now, in the last year. Now, mea culpa time, ladies. <laughs> and those of you who are... 
majority texters. Texting has taught me that I don't speak as concisely in conversation as I should. So I've tried to learn to speak concisely, get to the point, because I know it's really annoying. And I can just hear Hannah gnashing her teeth and wailing when I'm calling her. So I'm, so, well, I'm trying to text converse. And Randy got the dreaded question mark text from me yesterday. I, he doesn't even know. He doesn't know what oh, it means. Oh, man, we all know that one from <laughs> Stephanie. What, what like, is the respond question? yesterday. What Here, let me, let me check the timestamps because it wasn't long. What does that mean? <laughs> so it means Stephanie... I'm waiting for a response. Oh, oh, I know. I almost, I almost gave you the Steve Martin meme. Like, excuse me, I was taking care of a patient at the time. Oh, you didn't respond? Question mark. Hello. I'm like, what? What do you want me to be glued to my? Uh, the time lapse was one minute. Oh, and, uh, the, the, sorry. The question came at five thirty nine last night, and the question mark came at five forty. That's what makes me nervous about the texting i now feel i have another obligate responsibility to everyone who's got my text number i give my number to everyone well see i'm the opposite when it comes to texting right i like texting because it i can read it whenever i get to it right i feel like texting is less invasive because if someone's busy when the text comes in they can just Put it back in their pocket, and it's still sitting there waiting for them whenever they have time to acknowledge it. Okay, so, but for the record now, see, I just learned something. Does a question mark connote urgency? Yes. It means it's I'm Stephan- waiting. It's Stephanie, Stephanie going, it's hurry Steph. up. See, you can tell how, how naive is Randy. I thought it was just a courteous, hey, just wondering, no. you know. No. 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 It's like, now. First thing I said to Steph this morning was, was that the first time you've pulled the question mark on Randy? Now I know. Okay. So there's a whole there's a whole text ease now that I need to go and take text as a second language somewhere. I mean, Columbia College, do they offer that? Does Mizzou offer a course, an adult education class as text as a second language? Well, and Hannah has had to educate Yeah, Hannah's had to educate me because apparently people in her generation think like if you use punctuation that that's like stern or rude or Right? So, in yeah, punctuation. Some, sometimes, like if you say, if someone asks how you are, and you say fine, period, that seems a little... Aggressive. Seems a little aggressive. Now, wait a minute. Now, this, I remember, mm-hmm. oh gosh, probably eight years, seven, within the last decade, probably five to seven years ago, attending a leadership deal. Where, no, it was more than that. It was a decade ago. And there was a guy who was, this was, I think, for uh, physicians as leaders training. And there was a guy who was getting us all accustomed to working with young people who live on social media and who'd like to text. And the, one of the take-home messages I remember was, you have to put an exclamation point behind everything, right? <laughs> wow. It's like, uh, good morning, Hannah. Exclamation point. <laughs> Hannah, uh, I just booked Kurt Schaefer for exclamation point. I mean, I know, if everything's I, an exclamation point, nothing's an exclamation I point. I abuse the exclamation point for sure. It's like a meme for younger people, like in writing office emails, having to go back through yeah. when you're done and deleting all of your exclamation marks so, and putting a period instead. It's so now thing. when I'm wishing someone happy birthday or congratulating them on LinkedIn, I'm figuring how can I ration the exclamation points to where when I do, you know, wield one, it means something, right? 
Yeah, and I I do think um, communication in both forms is important. I do think it's important to know how to text <laughs> and stuff, and being able to to be being able to speak and have a conversation is is important too. It really is. Speaking of conversation and the importance yes. of it, Brian, I hope you do a story. John, I hope you do a story. One of you, both of you, we need to do a story on misrepresentation of the initiative petition in, for abortion because I I was told by someone asking for signatures outside an exclusive membership club here in Columbia, uh, where you can get loads of bulk items and buy way more than you'll ever eat or use but that's another issue um and never leave the store for spending under a hundred bucks i was accosted the other day by a woman who claimed that i said this is human rights Mm -hmm. this is reproductive freedom i said no this is a return to row 23 weeks i said that early in the conversation and then i told her how no it actually the language would allow the would hamstring the legislature so they really couldn't restrict it for any significant meaning and and then as I walked away, I said, I'm not signing it. She said, oh, it's just 16 weeks. 16 weeks? I, I'm sorry, I know a little bit about this. A 16-week baby outside the womb does not live. That's mm-hmm. not a viable baby, right? So I don't know. And I'm concerned about misrepresentation. So, yeah, Stephanie, it, it, tell us about it. Well, it talks about fetal viability. Um, it, but it's, it, so it says the legislature can regulate after fetal viability. But in any event... If the woman has an issue with mental health, physical health, or her life, then it has to be you, there has to be an exception. So let's bring it. Let's say it passes. Let's say it's on the ballot and it passes. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that as of that day, there's no regulation on abortion unless the legislature comes back next session and regulates so it? So what we're seeing in states like Ohio and Michigan, in Michigan, Governor Whitmer signed a whole bunch of bills repealing basically all the protections for women's health, all the parental rights for consent and notification. Um, I don't think our legislature is going to repeal all of the pro-life legislation and protections for women's health that they spent years enacting. Um, and so what in other states like Ohio, what they do, the Democrats have been, and even in Michigan, they'll go to the courts and say, we've got this new constitutional amendment. It invalidates all that's, of these that's laws. That's my question. And that would be the next out. step, right? Yeah, they will go straight to the courts. And even in Michigan, even though that the legislature repealed a whole bunch of their their, right. their laws, the people on the very far left have identified even more and said they didn't go far enough. We've got to repeal all of this. So, the, I mean, the courts would have no choice but to say hey your your no abortion in missouri law is invalid we now have a constitutional amendment and then they'd have to go back and limit it whatever they could limit it to viability right which essentially is row it's it's going to be really tough it's i mean it would fundamentally change uh the way that so my my point is i am any of you out there gathering petitions if you approach me i'm going to turn on my voice recorder and i'm going to ask you to make your pitch sure and i may play it here on the air And the other side of that is... Because I want you to be accurate. Don't misrepresent it. Well, a lot of times those people who are coming up to you asking you to sign petitions are... I don't know if I'd say uninvolved, but they're just uh, individuals who are being paid a fee to go out and get signatures. And they haven't read it necessarily. I exactly. mean, they don't it, have it, a dog in the hunt. And there's also so many different abortion measures out there that are that are being proposed. That's why we, we can't really do a hit piece until you, it'd be more of a talk show. But if you can get them on tape saying it, I'm you know, get them on and, tape. and let them know. I don't have to you, let them know, but, but being but, the gracious uh, you, guy you I am, to. I'm going to let to. them Hang know. Hang on, can, on tape? 
book. Yeah, are we recording it? Recording. Oh, a, a yeah. digital audio we know, file. So Excuse we, me. We do know which we we do know which Did version you, they're re, circulating. Re, but by law, they're required to have the the language with them. So if right. you flip, it, it's only one page. So yeah. typically, what you see is their signatures on the front. If you flip it over, you can read the language. Demand to see the language. But even That's the language, it. unless you're really engaged with it and you think it through, and the logical follow up consequences of what the language means, most people are going to need to hear what you have to say tomorrow night at Boone County Lincoln Days and the organization that you're with, Decline to Sign, right? Is that what Missouri it's Stands with Women. Which is the same as Decline to Sign. That's the message, right? Right now it is, yeah. Okay. Missouri what? Missouri Stands with Women. Okay. Is there a website? <laughs> there is. Okay. MoStandsWithWomen.org. That's complicated. Just Decline to Sign. <laughs> we'll be back with Leftovers. Stay there. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. The doctor is in. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We're back. Hey, thanks for being with us every morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is going to be an exciting, exciting time from here all the way through November. Hope that you stay with us as we bring you some of the newsmakers, the news they're making, the decisions that you're deciding on, and uh, the issues that are going to really shape your life. Whether it's something that's happening in D.C., whether it's something happening in J.C., whether it's something happening in C.C., which would be not C.C. City Broiler, although that's a great place to be, but uh, Columbia City uh, or Moberly, or Fulton, or Centralia, or California, our, you know, our vast listening audience, you know um, we're going to keep in, keep in touch with those things. Now, uh, leftovers, let's see what's on uh, John's plate. John, what do you have for leftover? Well, uh, Chief's Kingdom, Chief's are weighing whether to use the infamous franchise tag on defensive tackle Chris Jones or star cornerback Legereus Sneed. Mm. Though Brent Veach, the GM, says he's hopeful they'll both be back, but otherwise doesn't happen. Free agents next month. Okay, well, we'll have to see. And I guess Andy Reid's in negotiations. It's not a matter of what the terms are. He's going to resign, right? I mean, from what the reporting is. Big Red's going to stay in KC, I think, till his retirement. Sure sounds like it. That guy is just so Midwestern feeling, isn't he? I mean, just the Former Mizzou coach. Yeah, you just love the guy. Okay. Stephanie, what's on your plate? I know Mizzou had a big event last night um, giving away some awards and some Midmo friends were honored. Uh, I got to see uh, Caleb Jones, who was formerly uh, the elected representative in Mid-Missouri and is now with the electric co-ops, but he was honored for his public service and his commitment, and so it was nice to see um, a lot of friends and a lot of like support. Again, we heard it from uh, former Senator Schaefer this morning. Mizzou's in such a good place right now and people feel good about it and are happy to support it. And I think that's really good for yeah, Missouri. So right. congrats to all the award winners last night. And uh, yeah, good deal. Yeah, Mizzou. Hannah, I brought you some chocolate this morning. You haven't even partaken of the chocolate. I brought you white chocolate even, and I haven't seen you partake of it. I told you I was going to grab some before we left this morning. I was hoping you'd do it on the air. Well, I don't want to eat into my microphone. No one wants to listen to me chew. Well, please do not do that. Exactly. What's that phobia? There's a name for that. It's like my misophonia. And now I just want for those of you who may need an attorney sometime. I can't tell you who to hire, but I can tell you who not to hire. His name's Terrence Bradley, and he's the former law partner of Nathan Wade, who, who. 
well, let's just say he fell in love with Fanny, uh, Fanny Willis. <laughs> and uh, before he was hired by Fanny Willis, yesterday in his testimony, the poor guy was melting down on the stand. Here's just a little bit of it. Judge in South Fulton. They met at... That's an answer. All right, understood, Mr. Body. Uh, I'm going to let Mr. Sato have a few minutes on this, uh, and we'll go from there. But, uh, Judge, I... I well, I'm sorry. Uh, I did answer this. I answered it for Ms. Um, Merchant. I stated that I was speculating. The judge, uh, someone objected to the speculation, and but this was the exact same language. All right, well, thank when you, I said that Mr. Bradley. Mr. Sato, I was asking. <laughs> I mean, this guy, you said it last week. Lawyers get themselves in trouble when they go on the stand. I mean, he was confused. He was bumbling. No one wants a lawyer as a witness. It was like he had a mind connection with Joe Biden. He was so confused the whole time. All right, that'll wrap it up for another edition of Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for being here today and every day. Hope you'll stay with us on the podcast, on the Facebook, on the YouTube, on wherever we are. And especially tuning in tomorrow. See you then. Bye.